Well, hello again, friends. Welcome to the Make 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 podcast episode. So good afternoon, everybody. This is episode 10. We've made it to double digits of the Make 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 podcast, where we talk art and business and the intersection of those two things. Uh, with us today is Bert McClendon. Bert, tell the lovely listeners about yourself. Uh, that's the weirdest part of these things. <laughs> Let's talk about me for a little bit. <laughs> at, at the very least, just tell people where they can where they can find out more about you. Yeah, Instagram, it's McClendon Photography 1C. Um and then the main kind of service site, if you want to see what we do, is, is texaseventphotography.com. And I kind of got that just because I had individual websites for everything, but I kept like creating little subservices. <laughs> and then I was like, I can't, I can't do this. So, and then I was losing out on a lot of money uh, by only sending clients to the one service they were asking about instead of a uh, global, like, bigger umbrella site where they could say, oh, I wanted this, but look at all the other things. And then once I did that, it, it got easier on my end, which is always good, but um, the revenue it generated just based off them adding on little things was just crazy. So highly recommend one service site. Man, I have, I have always struggled with that. Me too. Uh, because I do, you're like me in some senses that we do, I mean, I do lots of different things. I do automotive. I do architecture, I do product, I do weddings, I do portraits. And so we, we ended up splitting out into three different sites. So we have Azulox, Azulox commercial, Azulox workshops. Oh, and then we teach and we, you know, do education. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think right now I have five different websites I'm updating. Yeah, it's, it gets time consuming. So what all, I, don't, I may not even know what all you do now. I know you have laugh at yourself. Yeah, I think that's the main one because we met when I was doing the portrait booth at the uh, Drilling Info what? party. And, oh, is and that how? Yeah, I walked yeah. in, I saw you shooting and you had Marina Cohen with you. Yep. And I came up and I was like, hey, what's up? My name's Burt McClendon. You said, that name sounds familiar. I was like, oh, I was on F Stoppers, you know, for the caricatures. And then I think that's right, where right. you related me to that. But that's probably maybe 5% of what, what I do. Um, the okay. other ones is mainly the corporate event photography uh, but then the little sub services are the portrait booth the headshot bar which is probably our highest revenue generator and then um, then we have the whole photo booth lines which is the little animated gifs and the standard tin can type photo booths the digital tin type um, the laugh at yourself experience and then trade show type services so people want little things at their trade shows so a business that's going to do something like have a booth at um, the convention center here in Austin. Right. We can say, you know, we can ping a lot of those, you know, booth owners or those businesses and say, Hey, we can get some action shots for you. Um, and then if we get a certain number of clients there, we'll just go in for that day and shoot like them handing out swag, you know, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, we do. We do a lot of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. We have some, we do a lot of corporate event photography, but more, usually it's internal where it's more of the, so like for one of them is Keller Williams, they host two big events a year and it's for their marketing and like internal uses. So we're not shooting for the external clients there, yep. but for the internal clients. Yep. Um, well, and like we do for Blanton, right? So we're shooting for the Blanton, not for, right? Where you're, you're it seems like what I've seen you do, and, and I could be wrong, but what I've seen you do is more for like, I don't know more for the, the user that's there 
but I guess that's you do both. You do everything. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 get like for the Blanton events. Those are I've been working with Stacy Hoyt. You know, hired. Yeah. You know, by the Blanton. Um, but then a lot of uh, it's kind of weird in the corporate world because sometimes you have the middleman, which is like the event planner that you know their end client is the uh, the company, the brand. So for us, we have multiple clients. So we have the event planner, which is one of our clients. It's kind of like the, I don't know, the middle, I don't like calling them middlemen, but their role is more of the coordinator, you know, part. Right. And we like to get, you know, images that they can use to build that relationship, but also the images that the, you know, the end client wants to get too. But yeah, yeah we do yeah. everything. Yeah, I... I I tell people this story a lot. We started in the the last recession in 2009. And so I had to get good at a lot of different things so that I could survive. Yeah. And and I've always wondered, and you're kind of, I mean, I feel like you're kind of like me in that sense that you do a couple different things instead of just, you know, a lot of our friends are just wedding photographers. And I always wonder like right now, like what are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I have ADHD. So me focusing <laughs> on one thing is pretty much impossible. So it's still portrait related stuff, you know, like, so I took uh, the genre of corporate event photography and you're taking pictures of people, not necessarily portraits, but you know, the event in general, but it's mostly people around there. And then I kind of looked at, you know, my skill set and what I like to do as an artist or photographer. And I said, how do I, how can I generate revenue based off of that? And then so once I did the portrait booth, or I called it the portrait booth, it was a photo booth with me as the tin can. But the very first photo booth I did was a local uh, birthday party for one of our neighbors, charged 300 bucks. And the one thing I wanted, the lighting to be good, because I hated all the photo booths that were out there. Uh, when I would shoot weddings and you know anything to survive in the first year or two, um, I'd see these photo booths and you know, I would jump in them and just be like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy that people are paying for this. <laughs> so I was like, what would I design if, um, if I wanted to have one of these myself or provide it as a, as a business, you know? Uh, and so I had a giant light, the seven foot PLM from Paul Buff, um, cheapest one I could find at the time. <laughs> and then I plugged my Canon camera straight in via HDMI straight into a projector because the one thing I wanted was when I took the picture for it to come up on on a giant wall right next to them. So when they took the picture, they could see it. And as, you know, as low budget as it sounds, which it was, um, it was a hit. And from that event alone, I was introduced to Red Velvet Events, which I had no idea who that was at the time. Um, <laughs> good one to get plugged into. <laughs> yeah, it took a year to finally work with them, but that was because I was just new. And But there was a guest there who said, this is awesome. I need to introduce you to one of my friends who owns an event company. And I was like, oh, okay. No idea who Red Velvet was <laughs> at the time. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, just send them my number. You know. Um, and then from that, you know, it just, it went crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's so funny. I, I tell the story a lot. For me, my big network was a running group that I was a part yeah, of. Yeah, I heard your so, podcast last time. It was yeah. it was awesome. So, I I literally can trace like 20, 25% of my business yeah. through. That's actually how I got the Blanton because two people in that group were doing fundraising for Blanton. They're like, "Hey, we want you to come shoot an event." And so now I've been shooting for the Blanton for 11 years because yeah. of that. 
Yeah, yeah I so. heard your your I heard your little story on uh, the precision thing when yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. And that's 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 all it is 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 uh, I'd say most I'd say seventy five percent I would contribute to joining Alia and the relationships I've built with the people in Alia. Um, yeah, it's it's just once you get in there and you make friendships, not you know uh, transactional relationships, but real relationships. Like, hey, you're awesome person you are at the same business level as me you're starting you're hustling just like me you know like you're around you surround yourself with those types of people and you grow with each other and once you grow with each other you you know you don't have to really market you don't have to spend money on adwords or seo and all that stuff you just have people that know who you are and call you hey are you available on this date yep for you i am for somebody else like i don't know i want a day off i want a day off (laughs) No, it, it warms my heart to hear you say that. I've, for the longest time, I, the, the phrase that I've hated the most, the one that just makes my blood boil, is when somebody goes, oh man, it, it wasn't personal, it was just business. And I think there isn't a sentence alive that could be more wrong than that. Yeah. Because to me, all businesses is a series of very close personal relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I can... It's funny you hear like, oh, I'm growing with that client. That's what I did. Like literally rogue. I've been with them for like 15 years now and I still talk to them. And they're like, it's crazy. Like when we both started out, like we neither one of us knew what we were doing. Yeah. But, but we grew together and you know, it, that's just the way it goes. And people want, I think so many times people want the, the quick fix, the quick solution. Easy, quick, easy. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'll just do social, social media. And it's like, good luck. Uh, <laughs> good luck with that. I mean. <laughs> Can it work? I guess. Has it worked for me? Not. It hasn't worked for me more than going out and meeting people and shaking people's hands and just showing my pictures on their face and being like, ha, this is what I do. How you doing? Yeah. All, uh, all that plus coming back the next week and them seeing your face. Right. Uh, that's huge, you know, for because they know that that person's. They're hustling just like me. They notice you're there at the meetings, you know, all that stuff. And I've been kind of slack with the Ali meetings lately. Um, but yeah, just, oh, that person, I saw him last week. He's not just one of those that you see one week and then like you never see him again because they thought, oh, I thought I was going to book millions of dollars worth of business at this one meeting. Like it doesn't <laughs> work like that. It's, it's the long game. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but my first year in business full time, it was 2000. 14 was my first full year, like nothing else. Uh, Previously, I was doing some video game work contract and stuff. But 2014, um, I started full time. And I remember calling you because I called, I was getting bombarded by Yelp. And (laughs) I I would stay on the phone with them for hours, just telling them why I wasn't going to spend a dime with them. I was like, if it works, why are you holding people into contracts? Like if, if your service works the way you say it is and all the data you say, people would be shoveling money towards you. I was like, but you're trying to lock them into a six month contract. And anyway, I asked for names and all this stuff. And somehow I got your number. I don't think it was from them, but somehow I got your number. But I remember calling you and being like, hey, man. Don't know, don't know if you did, you know, Yelp or anything, but just wanted to see if you had any tips, you know, for somebody starting out, you know, and I think you were the one that told me 
you know, two years. It's going to be two years before, uh, you know, things are going to start like being feeling comfortable or, you know, rolling in, rolling in. And I was like, well, you know, and after I hung up, I was like, I need to accelerate that because (laughs) I can't wait two years. So the first year, um, I, you know, went to the ILEA meetings, the free ones. Uh, and then I, I told myself that I wasn't going to say no to any opportunity. Like no was out of the question. So a drink and click, you know, comes up, Eric Doggett, Austin Photogs. Yep. I'm drive down there. I was broke. Um, it was, it was a struggle. And, um, you know, yeah. I, I just <laughs> went and I just said, I'm not going to say no to anything. I met Eric Doggett at one of the first things. And then from there, I was like, any any assisting you have, you know, even if it's low payout, I don't care. You know, just let's I want to work. And from that one, you know, built a relationship with Eric Doggett. And then that one just kind of spread out. And it was just head down for I would say it was head down for about three years, just nonstop. Um, before I realized, I looked up and I had created, you know, most of the services that I did within that, that time frame, And I was like, holy crap, this is what I have now. And I didn't even have, you know, time to breathe, you know, during, during that time. And although it was fun, um, it was a lot of hard work and I'll never tell anybody how amazing and how lucrative the corporate event photography world can be without the flip side of telling them, it is an insane um, amount of work that you're going to have to put in this. Like it's it's crazy. And and looking back, you know, now I hire people out to do you know help out and stuff like that. But every time I'm setting up and talking with the guys and you know backing off and saying, all right, you guys take this and you guys are all set. I'm going to go, you know, eat <laughs> or breathe. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things. It's just it's insane how much work is involved, uh, especially for a one person, you know, business. Yeah, no, I mean, it's exactly what happened to me. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, three years. Yeah. I tell people all the time, my first year in business full time, I did nothing else but take pictures full time, $6,000 in revenue for the year. Yeah. (laughs) Second year, 18, third year, 54. And so, I mean, I tripled three years in a row, yeah. which was good. Uh, but that third year, my wife was like, I don't know. Like, you need to. Uh. We had a kid on the way. She's like, ah, you need to kind of grow up. <laughs> Fourth year, almost 100000 in revenue. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I absolutely get the fact that it can be frustrating that you're like, man, I'm good. You know, I, I got a degree or I you know, have all this practice and experience and I want to go full time. I'm like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to tell people to get to where I am, other than you got to get your your name out. Like you have to stick around long enough for word of mouth to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah a, and and along the way, um, I tell even some of the guys that work with me a lot, uh, and anybody that kind of asks, well, what should I do? It's like be nice to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. person that you come in contact with, the loading dock managers, the servers. Uh, the back of house crew, uh, anybody, like anybody you come in contact with is just be nice to them because you don't know where they're going to be in five years. They could be the uh, manager of the hotel or the manager of the catering uh, department or the events manager. All this stuff, 
and it is being nice to be nice, not for a, ooh, what can they give me later on? It's, it's being nice because you respect their, you know, working hard at the loading dock. And it's the little things that they give you back, not necessarily, you know, money. You pull up and say, hey, Jack, at, you know, at the loading dock at JW Marriott. You're like, what's up, Jack? Good to see you again. Hey, Bert, you need to get in here? Just pull right around here. We got a spot for you. You know, little things that make your life easier. But oh, yeah. totally unexpected. The things that you're not like, hey, Jack, I've been nice to you for a year. You need to give me a spot. You know, like just authentic, just being nice to everybody. And I actually think that um, there's a certain type of personality that, that goes further in corporate event photography than others. Like, I don't think I don't think anybody could come in to corporate event photography if they're not, you know, a people person, if they don't genuinely have, you know, empathy or you know, if, if they think it's all about them, um, it's just, it's just, it's either going to take you a lot longer or it's just not going to be, um, you know, it's just, you're just, you're just going to get frustrated at that point. Yeah. And I always wonder the whole reason I picked up a camera anyways, cause I wanted to meet new people and see new things, right? Like that's the, that's the whole reason I, I have a camera so I can go and talk to people. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do photography, like why wouldn't I want to be nice? The whole reason I have a camera in my hand is to go have an interaction with somebody. Yeah. So wouldn't I want to be authentic and genuine and happy to see them? Yeah, and then like you know, like landscape photographers, you know, they're just like, I hate people. I want to go out into the landscapes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but cool. they don't make. But they don't. They don't make any money though. So. <laughs> yeah. You know how like like the top the top uh, one of the top landscape photographers in the world, Art Wolf, right? He's huge name. You know how he makes his money workshops yeah he doesn't make it through the primary thing of i mean we make some uh but andrew took a, a workshop with them and he's like hey Art, like how do you make money in landscape he goes i teach workshops mm. and so there's uh, whereas like corporate event photography that it's probably half my business yeah and most people wouldn't guess that because it's not necessarily what i post to social media or anything else um but it's what pays my bills more often than not. Mm -hmm. um, but just like being authentic. I, I can tell you that I have one of my clients because the last photographer was a jerk to him yep. and they fired him. It was like, oh, you seem nice. Like the whole reason I got the job and they, it, you know, it's a five figure contract a year because the last guy was a jerk. Yeah. I love uh, jerks. I love like when people ask me, what do you, <laughs> what do you think about, you know, all the photographers, you know, saturate the market. I'm like, I love it. Absolutely love it because as soon as they make a mistake, I get their business because, um, you know, the client is either tired of having to hold their hand throughout the whole conference or whatever. And they're just like, I just want to pay the money and not have to worry about it the entire week or however long the event is. And I'm like, thanks, you know, to all you amazing yeah, photographers. I Really, really what they're paying for, it's not the photography. What they're really paying for is the trust and security that you're going to show up and deliver. Yep. Every time. And there's, there's, there's little room for error and stuff like that. But when they do make an error, it's so easy for them to switch photographers and companies. Yep. When a, yeah. when a um, you know, a photographer forgets to take pictures of the activations at their event, mm -hmm. you know, at like the people getting ice cream or something, you know, at, at an event or getting their headshots taken, you know, just that little, those details, if you, you don't get them, they're gonna be like, where's the ice cream thing? We want to do that at the next one. So we want to show people 
Where, where are they? We, we want to charge our client for it, so we need pictures of it so we can show the next client. Exactly. And, and they use that stuff for, you know, not only branding, um, reference for other new printers they might have, you know, or, uh, and, but a lot of them for the incentive trips, they're, they're wanting to show the top 5% of their sales team, hey, look what you can experience on this yes. incentive trip next year. So work your butt off and you can be in, you know, Barcelona or London. Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta get the TH on Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. Well, Mike Tyson it. <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I know that. So, corporate photography do a lot of that. What, what kind of work are you doing for yourself? Like, if you're picking up a camera not for a client, what type of things are you are you photographing? Um, I kind of built this to do the things that I like to shoot because I don't want to. I don't want to like build a business to go shoot stuff that I don't like shooting. Um, Fair. So I was like, okay, I love to shoot portraits. I really love taking the picture, lighting it, and then having it pop out on the screen and have those guests go, oh my God, you know, like I didn't expect this from a photo booth. So that's what kind of feeds me. Um, it's kind of an artist, but it's temporary and it fits perfectly with my ADHD where <laughs> once you're done with that event, you're on to the next event. So what kind of, what style are we gonna do at the next event for a custom portrait? You know, like, ooh, let's work on something cool. So my little ADHD brain, you know, brain is in Photoshop, you know, running actions or doing some filters or testing lighting so that at the next event, we do something new and cool and fresh. And then from that one, we book one to three events from that one. Hopefully, you know, if I do everything as planned, you know, we get business from that one and then it just kind of spiders out. But that's kind of what I wanted to do, you know, creating the business is shoot the things I love shooting. And it's, you know, I, I love shooting people and taking portraits in different ways, different styles and, you know, different events, different themes that, you know, the planners come up with and seeing if I can do something fresh and new based on something old. But it's just the whole techie you know, gear stuff that I like. I love, I just love what I do. And luckily I get paid for it. You know, if I'm, no, if, if I'm not doing, if I'm not on an event and I'm at home, I'll set up a background and take portraits of the kids. If I'm trying to come up with something, you know, new, um, I'm always bugging them to come and jump in front of the camera. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though. I mean, that's kind of what the original portrait photographers I mean, you know, hundreds of, you know, not hundreds of years ago, but 150 years ago were doing, right? They would set up their lighting for the day um, or for the week or whatever, and then they would hustle people in and take portraits of them and then change it up. Have you ever talked to, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Big instructor. He lives in Smithville now. Totally blanking on his name right now. I'll have to go back and, and figure out, but he's a fifth generation photographer. Mm. And he, he was telling me a story and grew up in Texas. Um, and, uh, he would, his dad would play fiddle and like take the wagon into town or maybe it was granddad. I don't know, but like play a fiddle. And then at the end of like, he would play his fiddle all the way through town. And then at the end of town, he would set up his wagon portrait station for a day or two. He would shoot that town's people. And then he'd go on to the next town and he would just make loops around. Sounds awesome. And that, Right. Like, isn't that cool? But it's, you know, we think we're so advanced and we think we've come so far when really it's been the same thing for yeah. a long time. Right? Yeah. You're just, 
and and you're mobile, but so was he in his wagon, right? Um, you know, it used to be a skill just to get an exposure. You know, now you kind of have to do two things, right? You need to be good at getting obviously exposures, but you know, being nice or being quick to respond to client emails or, or something. Yeah. So there's a little bit more involved and the expectations are a little bit higher, but at its core, that's the same thing that we've been doing for as photographers since the 1860s. Yeah. Right. Since 10 type portraits, like it really hasn't changed that much. Yeah. And that's what, you know, kind of, I don't know, like I came from the video game world where you could work on a game for four years or five years and then they say, eh, we're going to cancel it. <laughs> Right. So you're just like, Ugh. even though, you know, that feeling of seeing your game and Best Buy, you know, and like, oh, work done. This is awesome. You know, that 10 minutes of feeling the butterflies is, is gone. But you, OK, when's our next one? Four or five years down the road. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of transition into this kind of art form where it's it's more immediate for, again, you know, ADHD brain where I want to see it. I want to. <laughs> I want to see, I want to work on it, see it, and then move on to the next thing. All right, so here, here's a question for you. You love portrait. Are there portrait photographers either currently working or in history that you really admired? I, oh, yeah. Um, of course, all the big names, uh, Annie, uh, Dan Winters, um, Joey L. Um, yep. uh, what's that guy's name? Let's just look at my Instagram real quick. Uh What's his name? Uh, Mark Seliger. Yeah. I love Mark Seliger. Uh, his yeah. work for Vanity Fair is awesome. Yeah. that And that, uh, he's kind of what inspired the, uh, well, validated the portrait booth for me. So I'd, I'd done yeah. it without knowing what he had. And I was trying to set it up. And I had that vision of like, you know, I wanted to cross the um, commercial photography industry or the editorial industry with the event industry. Cause I didn't see why I didn't understand why these brands would set up, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of shoots for a few pictures for their new shoes or for their whatever. Um, right. you set that up, you could have an event where you could have tons of people coming in because once you set everything, it doesn't matter the person right in front of you, you just take the, yep. you know, everything's ready for it. And so I was like, there's got to be a way to mix that. And then as soon as I saw that Oscar portrait thing that he did that one year, the first one of the first years, I was just like, ah, oh, awesome. It can be done and people will resonate with it and they'll like it. I just need to bring that to Austin. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, right? Because they at the, at the Oscars and what people don't know is like, Jerry Hayes from Austin is the one who goes and does all the, like the room photography. For yeah. It. Yeah. And that's kind of a, I don't know, to me, that's kind of an interesting connection. And then another one of my, one of my wedding clients, she was, she works in Hollywood and like helps manage the red carpets. Yeah. Like her job is to like cattle call people into the right lines at red carpets. Yeah. That's crazy. Know, it's, a, it's a small world, but because it's a small world, that's, that gets back to what you're saying there earlier though, which is, be nice to everybody you never know yeah. like when I took the wedding clients I had no idea what they did and then like a year later after the wedding they were posting pictures of like them on the red carpet to the Oscars yeah and it's like small world like I would never that's not why I took it and I was yeah. nice to them and they're and they're lovely wonderful people but you just never know like you, you don't know and there's no downside of being nice to people right and it's free <laughs> yeah just be just be not just be like courteous <laughs> yeah 
you know, it, I don't know. And this gets maybe a little, we could get a little church if we wanted to, but I, I think it's been proven that servant leadership has been the best leadership. Studies have confirmed it years over years over years. But just asking yourself, hey, what can I do to help that person? And if you start from that perspective, it unlocks so much business. If you start and you understand your value of saying, hey, what am I really here to do? Obviously, take pictures, one thing. But what am I really here to do? Oh, this person had this idea. They need great photos of it so they can sell it to their boss. Right. And just take it like, hey, what else do you need? What else can I do for you? I know you hired me for this. Is there anything else I can do for you while I'm here? Yep. And just generally want to solve people's problems with the skills you have on hand. And literally every door to the universe will unlock for you. And I don't know how to explain it other than that, but just yeah. be ready to serve others and do it humbly and authentically. And I don't know what you can't do. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like this has grown. Um, I mean, you know, I had, you talk about what you had made, like the first years and stuff like that. And I think the first year that 2014, which I was super hustling, you know, saying no to nothing. I think it was $20,000 or something like that. And I was just, of course, you know, humiliated because I'd come from, you know, uh, the video game world where I was making good money. Um, And then I went down, you know, to that. And I was like, man, this was like the first year I started in the video game industry. I was making 20 grand (laughs) right around that. And then, you know, you put in the hustle and then it just folds over on itself. I think the first to second year is 310% increase. Yep. And then after that, it was like 150, 120. I said, I was thinking to myself after the, even the, I think it was the third year. I was like, it only needs to do this a couple more times and I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just fold over on itself. And I was like, I won't ever have to worry about money again. Uh, but of course, once those several years pass, you're like, I just, just one more, you know, just one more, you start getting greedy. Uh, but it's grown into something that's, I couldn't have designed, you know, or thought that it could be. It's just, it's crazy. Well, I think what's funny too, I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years now. How many people have come and went in that time period? Yeah. Right. I can think of a lot of friends of mine that aren't, doing anything with photography now that came up with me or, you know, used to work for or something, but just how, just sticking to it. If it's something you really want to go after, just stick to it and it'll, it'll get there. It may not be the pace you want, but it'll get there. I listen to a lot of Gary V and some people love him, hate him. Um, but I think it's core message of just making the journey, the fun part, the destination, you're going to get there one way or the other, but the journey is what you should design to be as fun as possible. So right now, like being able to, like I love my clients. Like I can't wait to see my clients again. I can't wait to travel to the next event where I see them again and catch up with them, see how their families are doing, all that stuff. So that journey of, I love going to the airport, even if it's four o'clock in the morning and you know, getting on a plane and like Instagram and all that stuff. I just, it's fun. Um, And designing that out to where you know, it's your, your, your journey to your destination is the fun part. The destination is going to be what it is. Um, like the paycheck, you know, that paycheck is going to be there, but you know, just having fun along the way. And then you look back and realize like this, this is awesome. You know, this is, it's an amazing career. 
you know, doing what you love. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the negative emails from clients. They get caught up in the, ah, you know, like this is hard work. I got to do two weddings, you know, in a weekend. And it's, 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 it's hard work. And like you said, if you just hustle until that point, whatever that point may be, because it's going to be different for everybody. Um, I don't know. I I feel like it gets easier, but of course you stack other things on top of it to make it just as hard. It's, it's not that it gets easier. It just, the doors open more, you know what I mean? The opportunities are there a lot more than if you just expect that quick return and be like, ah, I'm not getting millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, I think what you said too, is you didn't say no the first year or so. And I think part of the struggle is learning your nose, Mm -hmm. but what you think they're going to be isn't always what they end up being. When I started out, I was, I did a complete flip. My, my original goal was to get into sports illustrated. Like that was, I I was shooting sports. Like I was shooting in one year, I shot 35, 35 weekends. I was shooting a sporting event somewhere in the country and I was shooting marathons, triathlons, like Ironmans. Uh, I mean, I had photos in runner's world and I, I, I have my triathlete photos have been published in five, five continents. I have photos in books. And I do, I do almost none of that now. Yeah. I do a little bit, but almost none of that. Um, and so if you'd asked me when I, the first two years, I would not have said weddings. I would not have said corporate. And that's mostly what I do now. But those skills that I learned along the way and the struggles I had along the way helped me in all the other avenues that I went into. So it's, it's never not worth it. It's always worth it. As long as like I had fun and I learned a, a ton. I mean, I was doing off-camera lighting at like triathlons in 2011 right and you know it was fun and i learned a bunch and i learned what i liked and what i didn't like and i was like you know what i don't like sitting outside in the sun for 10 hours at a time this isn't this isn't great and so i shifted to things that i enjoyed more and during the pandemic i'm shifting again um and so i'm really trying to make it more well i'm going to try to open a studio and do it where I set, I build sets and like almost kind of that Seliger style, but, um, where I have more control over my time and what I'm shooting, but learning the no's, right. Being able to say no to some people, um, so that you can say yes to the right ones. Yep. Yeah. Like I'll never do newborn photography again. Yeah. I did it ever. a few times and I, and I was like, nope, nope, not for me. And, yeah. and although I have four, four portrait shoots, family portrait shoots tonight, it's for a corporate client. So I don't know. That's kind of weird. Um, but like in general, I don't do a lot of families, but I'm kind of getting back into families again, which yeah. I haven't really done in a few years. But I bet you're taking everything you've learned about everything else you've done and applying them to these family shoots. It's not just going to be your typical family oh, shoot. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> because you wouldn't so, have fun with that. You would have fun with everything you like doing and you're going to do them the way you like doing them. And you're going to have the absolutely. right clients want to yeah. pay you for that, you know? That's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite uh, economist, which I know I'm a nerd because I have a favorite economist, but he wrote a book called Average is Over. And basically saying you can be amazing or terrible, but you can't be average. Right, so think about Super Bowl commercials. The ones you remember are the ones that either made you cry, made you laugh, or made you cringe. Yeah. And if they didn't do one of those three things, they're not memorable at all. Yeah. So if you're going to spend millions of dollars better be memorable. Yeah. Otherwise you wasted your money. Yeah. Um, 
So I think the same thing is true. Like if you're not striving to be amazing or terrible, I don't know who's striving to be terrible, but yeah. you could. Um, average is over. Like there's there's not there's no margins. There's no good profit margins in being average. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if you have to, and, and I think, you know, the people can design in their head what they think they want to do all they want to. And I think it's a good start to be like, I want to, because initially when I went to the SBA, Small Business Association, um, just to chat with them and he wanted me to put together a business plan, you know, like all business. Yep. And I was like, all right, so I guess I'll, I'll do families, you know, so let's put the numbers in, you know, for families. And of course <laughs> it's it doesn't end up what you think because you're going to find those opportunities that you're like, Oh, that's weird. I didn't know events were fun. I didn't know they were repeatable. Unlike weddings and Oh, somebody, Mm -hmm. uh, or families, you know, families might be every year, but corporate events, they are one after the other, you know, and one client could have four or five events every year. So that's the things you kind of, you'll, you'll kind of see with experience and then say, wait a second. You know, this is what I want to get into. And that design you had in your head, you just rip it up, throw it away and say, this is the direction I'm moving now. And it could change, you know, instantly. Well, I think you're seeing, and I think you're seeing with this quarantine right now is those that are able to adjust and, and be nimble in their thinking are the ones still having success. Um, the businesses that are just keep trying to do the same thing over and over with changing environment, they're, they're, they're struggling more. Yeah. Um, I, another one of my favorite business quotes is it's not, it's not the big that eat the small, but the fast that eat the slow. Right. So if you spend all your time planning and you, and you're, and you're never doing, you're just always planning, you're slow and you're going to get eaten by the people moving fast. Yeah. Right, even software, right? You, you know, you talk to those people that design video games or any software, get something out the door, like design and build, and don't worry about it being perfect and just grow with your, with your clients, right? Glow, grow and let your clients tell you what they're willing to pay more for. Mm-hmm. And listen to your clients. And at, one that we, did, we did video for a while because clients kept asking me, hey, we, we really like working with you. Can you do video? And I told them, no, 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 no. And finally I was like, well, all right, I guess I will. Yeah. Now, for various reasons, we don't do video, but it was just because people kept asking. And finally I was like, all right, we can do it. Yeah, um, yeah just- And it sounds like- Oh, good, sorry. Uh, so it sounds like that's kind of what happened to you too, right? You're like, well, I do this. So like, well, can you do that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's the not saying no to anything. So if somebody says, you got a photo booth with prints? <laughs> like, yep. You know, if I don't have it now, I'll get one. And, you know, just being able to strategically kind of look at the direction you're going. uh, And it's the first printer that I bought because I was saying no to prints, uh, you know, for photo booths and portrait booths all along because I just didn't like those strips. You know, the tiny little prints on there and they were just tchotchkes and the guests would take a picture of them and throw them away. They get wadded up in a purse or in a coat pocket. or Yeah. And most of them. You know, I, I just didn't like them. So when the first client that said, well, we want a photo booth that does the prints, you know, and, and I was doing video, uh, event photography, and then this photo booth. And so I was like, I got to say yes to it. And I'm going to charge them. So I sent them the quote and the quote for the port, the photo booth included the price for what I would, what it would cost me to buy the print and then the media. So, you know, I was breaking even on the photo booth. So I did that and got the printer in. And then that's now I have five printers now, you know, because that (laughs) led to 
Um, but I was able to do prints the way I wanted to, which was the nice, you know, six by eights, not the little tiny things. I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to charge accordingly. And then I'm going to do the prints that I want to have. Cause if you're going to take an awesome portrait of somebody and then put it on a tiny image like this, what's the, you know, what's the use? So I wanted to do the, the big prints and we can even do up to eight by 12s, eight by tens. And when we hand those to people, it's just more significant. So they just immediately want to protect it and put it in their purse or do whatever. I'm going to go put it in the car. You know, yeah. it's not just one of those little tchotchkes anymore. So I just bought 17 by 22 inch paper today for a photo of mine because like it looks okay on Instagram, but printed at 16 by 20, it looks amazing. Yeah. You know, it, and that's kind of the, like that that film strip size. Like you don't have to be good to make a decent one inch print. And that's what that's what people count on. I think you know the 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 lower end, you know, hundred fifty dollar, three hundred dollar photo booths is they count on you not being able to see all the glaring lighting issues. And there's a reason why they give you stuff to put over your face because you're not gonna like the way you look. <laughs> Here, put this mask on. You know, put this. Yeah, just put it over your face. You don't want to see yourself in this picture. Yeah, that's very true. The first person that I saw that was really doing something different with it, I don't even, I don't think she's doing it anymore, but Annie Ray, do you remember yeah, Annie Yeah, I've worked with her side by side doing, we'd have a portrait booth downstairs at the uh, Realty Austin party, and uh -huh. she'd be upstairs doing it because they'd split it at Brazos Hall. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be upstairs, and then I'd be downstairs. We'd have a dual photo booth. We'd have two set up downstairs we'd be doing other things and she'd be upstairs I, super nice i still have i still have a print of her from like 10 years ago hanging in my room because I, she was doing something at the draft house and it was for a harry potter theme and my wife and i dressed up just before we had our first kid so yeah it's been like 10 years 10 yeah. 11 years but she was shooting them with a tilt shift lens and like freehand and their manual focus, so freehand with lighting, shooting freehand tilt shift lens portraits. Yeah. And I was like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, explain this to me. She's like, I'm doing this it the way I, was, I want to. <laughs> and she was doing it the way she wanted to. And it was like, huh, that's interesting. And like, I stalked her for a while, just like figuring it out. Yeah. And I finally realized what she's doing. It's like, oh, that was amazing. I would never do it that way. It's not me, but. Man, that's really crazy. Yeah, there, so. there's a quote by a lady, Grace Hopper. It's um, the most dangerous phrase, phrase in the language is we've always done it that way. Ooh. And before I even know who said it, this is weird. Um, I kind of lived off that. You know, I, I, the very first portrait booth that I did, I was like, why, do, why does it have to be like this? It doesn't have to be like this. Let me do some awesome lighting and take a picture and blast it on a wall. And I just realize like you don't have to do things the way everybody else is doing it um and then the quickest way to get out of there is do something different even if it sucks you're going to be noticed one way or the other like you said it's awesome yeah. or it sucks well and you know and i think that's a great point though of bringing something different to the table of like knowing your value if you're only trying to replicate what somebody else has already done you're never going to beat them because they're always improving you're never going to catch up yeah you have like you have to compete on price at that point and what's right. the use and then of it's a race to the bottom yeah you're yeah. just chasing the dollar and a lot of these photo booth uh owners and businesses they the appeal from the manufacturers is oh get our photo booth and you can make another thousand dollars per wedding and that's right. all great sounding until you're the photographer that says i want to add another thousand dollars to my revenue at a wedding you set it up you're taking pictures of a 
um, you know, the speeches and somebody taps you on the shoulder. I didn't get my picture. Where's, where's yeah. my picture? And you're just like, what? Uh, I can't deal with that right now. And then they sell it like the next week. This right. it's crazy. Well, think about it. here. Here's a non-photography example, though. Let's talk about Bucky's. How many gas stations are in the in the world? Yeah. Millions. Gotta be. Name the name the one gas station in this area that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Buck like people wear a gas station's t shirt. Yeah. And paraphernalia. Of a like, shittily drawn beaver. It's one of the worst crazy. logos ever, but they wear it proudly because it's Bucky's. And it's awesome. Like it's crazy to me, but amazing at the same time that they took what what everybody else was doing. Right. Very low profit margins, gas stations. And they basically said, go big or go home. And they went big. Most gas stations have what, like eight pumps. And, they have, and there's a new Braunfels has like 96. <laughs> and they also have uh, DEF fluid for um, your, what are they called? The diesel engines. Uh, so I had the, uh, the van, the Sprinter. And every uh-huh. 10,000 miles, you have to fill it up with DEF fluid. Um, and they have that? And they have those pumps. <laughs> Because they know that they're getting diesel trucks, diesel, you know, yeah. all this stuff. But, but the, the bathrooms are super clean. They're the and best. And they have, like, pretty good barbecue sandwiches. And it's crazy to me that somebody innovated on a gas station. Yeah. And to think that you can't innovate in photography, not in what you shoot, but in what you offer. Yeah. Can you think of a new way to repackage those things that you're already shooting in a way that provides value to both the client and to yourself. Yeah, and I, I was just working on my little article for another publication, but it's, um, think of Tide. How many times can they remarket Tide? <laughs> I mean, you go to the store and you're like, oh, this is a cool looking new logo and bottle now. It's the same crap inside, you know? Like, for decades, it's been the same stuff. And it's just like, ooh, now better aroma, you know, better smelling. Like what? It's you clean my clothes. Like what? But you pay for it because you're like, cool. It's crazy. Every month is truck. Every month is truck month. Yeah. It's truck month down at Alan Samuels Dodge. Yeah. Next month. It's truck month. You're like, it's always truck month. How does that work? Well, that speaking Uh, on, you know, doing the different takes and stuff is, you know, uh, the reason why like a lot of the different services came out for, for me is because I would look at, you know, we live in Texas. The rustic-themed weddings and rustic-themed events yeah. are crazy. So I was like, how do I do something in a cool way that's just different? You know, so they have those old-timey-looking, you know, things. And so I was like, well, let me do my take on it. And I went to uh, Adrian Whipp's uh, Lumiere Tintype for Father's Day. I think it was 2016 or 2017. And got my... Tin type, and we were there when he pouring that, you know, liquid on it. And it's just sitting there coming out, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And I was like, "How can I bring this to live events? You know, in a way that's, you know, the chemicals aren't there, people aren't going to die, uh, nothing's going to explode, and then people can get their print uh, within a minute or two, you know." And so I went off and I did this, and I presented it to all the planners, and they're just like, "This is awesome." And that was just another service, you know, that was added on to it. And it's awesome. Like, um, and it's something that I liked, I like doing, you know? Well, and talking about big though, like 
I can remember the first time I saw you. I remember that big projection. It was somewhere, I guess maybe in the bland. I don't remember where it was, but I just remember seeing this like huge projector of the images. It's going like, man, that's cool. Like seeing your photos big never gets old. Yeah. It was at the Blanton. Uh, and was it? Okay. Elios, yeah. I think, had the projector. It was a 10K projector, and they were going to blast it. So I had to get the tech to um, figure out. And this is the stuff where you say, yep, I'll do it. I'll project it on the wall. And you're like, okay, how do, how do you do that? And then Google, how to project <laughs> images on a wall. Yeah. So luckily, you build a relationship with all the guys at Elios, which are awesome. You know, Adam Kirby, yep. everybody is just, they're just awesome people. Um, and so we got it blasting, and I was just like, I remember taking the sample picture and it coming up on right across, right up, right at the stairs, you know, right above that. And I was yeah. just like, this is awesome. People are gonna love this. And of course, what kind of client do you have at that Blanton Gala looking at this and taking their pictures, pictures where they look over and go, I look good in that picture, and I feel good in that picture. People with Wikipedia pages, <laughs> that's who's there. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it's just, you know, using a little bit of strategy of doing what you want to do or designing your business the way you want to run it, doing the things you want to do, but also putting it in front of people that you want and know that can afford it, you know, if you're going to charge accordingly. But yeah, going back to the photo booth thing, the, a lot of the um, manufacturers are just pushing that here, buy this unit. It's a rental. Yeah. Basically, like you're buying like a bubblegum machine, a rental device. Right. And right. so, okay, you pay 10, 15 grand for some of these things, fully loaded turnkey solutions, you get it home. You're like, okay, cool. 10 other people, 10 other companies have that same exact photo booth that you just bought. So what do you do to make yourself different? Well, my customer service is awesome. Like nobody, yeah. nobody knows that. You know, how are you gonna sell your customer service without getting out there and doing it? So that, that doesn't help you sell, that might help you sell again, but it won't get you your first sale. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's crazy how people will, you know, and I think, you know, it's natural for people to want to do things that are easy and they think like, oh, this is easy money um, until it isn't easy. And then they get frustrated and then they leave. So it's crazy. Yeah. But you know, and, and like styles, right? Styles come and go. And so if all you know is how to do that one thing, right? I put widget a out, I get, you know, profit back. Well, if people move away from that, if you never develop the skills to change yep. and change what you offer, how do you, how do you survive? I don't think you do. Well, that, yeah, I mean, yeah. yes, that's correct. That's the right answer. I don't ding, think ding, you, ding. I don't think you, I just don't think and you can. And that's not just photography. I, I think that's everything, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my favorite sandwich shop for a long time was Quiznos. I love Quiznos. They were great yeah. and they're not around anymore. Yeah. Why? Like mismanaged? It wasn't because the product was bad. Something happened business-wise that they weren't able to overcome. Or maybe they expanded too quick. I don't know. Slotsky's the same way. I've seen Slotsky's like in my lifetime, I think, go through three bankruptcies. Yeah. They're still kicking, right? though. They merge. <laughs> They're still kicking. Um, if you go, it's weird. If you go, not in Austin, but if you go outside of Austin, now it's called the Slotsky's Austin Eatery. They've changed their name again. What? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you go outside of Texas? It, no, if you go outside of, like, Travis uh, County. And it's called the what? Schlotsky's Austin Eatery. What? That's yeah, weird. Because they went through another, they went through another restructuring. Mm. Their sandwiches haven't changed. They're still good. Yeah. But 
you know, something you've talked about that, that made me happy, right? From the beginning, you're like, I'm running a business and setting it up to do that instead of, well, I like taking pictures. I guess I ought to figure out how to make some money out of it. Yeah. Right. Just think how very different those two approaches to it are. Um, I always tell people the, the best thing, the best investment I ever made in my business for $200 a year, I joined the Pflugerville Chamber of Commerce. Mm. And I get probably minimum 10x return every year on that investment. Because I go to the meetings, I show up, and I talk to all the business owners. Like, oh, man, we need 20 new headshots. Cool. Yep. Oh, man, we need, you know, new product photography. Cool. Yep. We'll take care of it. I've, been, I've seen three other photographers come and go in that time of, you know, the last 10, 11 years. Well, they'll come in for a year, and then they leave. They come in for a year, and then leave. Who's still there? Me. Just, you know, out working, out hustling. Yep. And that's yeah. what it comes down to, you know, like if you take a thousand people to say, okay, are you going to survive in this genre, corporate events or whatever? Um, how many of you are willing to work 20 hour days for a whole month? <laughs> and then you'd have, I'd say 900 leave. Nope. I've got yep. other priorities, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, families, whatever. Um, and then you say, okay, how many like people? Out of that hundred left, how many of you really love people and build relationships with people that are have common Half. interests? Half, maybe, yeah. Fifty. So you got fifty people left out of a thousand. You got fifty people left. Um, how many of those can um, juggle the thousands of things that you need to do on a daily basis and do it to where you don't screw up when you execute? <laughs> yeah. What? Let me ask you this, and I'm, I'm kind of curious. What percentage of your workflow is data management? You mean in like terms of client emails coming in, out, response? No, 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 no. You, you have multiple photo booths, multiple things going on at the same time. Where do all your files go? All your, oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I designed it to just be uh, tethered in to the MacBook most everything that I do is just tethered in, minus the corporate event stuff where you're out. But we sometimes, most of the yeah. time, we have editors, you know, on site where they're getting those rush files out to the client yeah. and stuff. Um, so we tether into the laptop, and then we shoot, and we instantly upload them while we're shooting. If there's a little break, we're uploading them to Pixie Set because they have that little Lightroom okay. plugin. And yeah. then when we go home, we're done. Because when I first. <laughs> you know, started, I was like shooting weddings, shooting families, all this stuff. And that data management thing was just driving me crazy. And so I was like, how do I design this to where I am not working on this for the next few days after the event? Because I'm going to have another event the next day and then another event the next day and then a whole month. I might have two days off, you know, so I can't, I can't do that management. I can't have homework when I go home. So designed it to be instantly backed up, backed up online. The clients know exactly where to, you know, get their stuff, and then I'm off to the next one, and we do the same yeah. thing. So trying to keep it as minimal and as tight as possible it was pretty, That's pretty key starting off. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately for me, I'm always out in the wild doing stuff. Yeah. I, I generally, I generally spend a day a week data management. Yeah. Backing up making sure everything's in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. That's, I mean, I think that's something having enough technical skill or at least enough problem solving skill to be able to handle that 
workflow or to at least designing it so you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, yeah. I mean, that you could pay somebody to do that full time. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you start getting in these, you know, multi-day, multi, uh, you know, just these events where the schedule is just back to back, you're flying from one city to the next to the next. Um, mm -hmm. You could pay somebody to just be like, all right, make sure all this crap's backed up. And that'd be a full-time job. But you, as a small business owner, you're doing it. Yep. That's just one of the yeah, things. We, <laughs> we, we use our, our CRM that we use. It's called 17 Hats. Yeah. <laughs> because it's basically, as a small business owner, you're going to wear 17 hats. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine like not using stuff like that now for like e-signing contracts and invoicing. Like I can, I can run the business from anywhere. Like yeah. as long as I have an internet connection, I can run it from anywhere. Like, oh, you want that contract? Cool. Here, it's sent over. Oh, you need an invoice? Cool. It's done. And just designing your, your workflow to fit your life. Cause I may not be at my home desk to do whatever, yeah. you know, I may be in a lobby somewhere and I need to send it to you now. Yeah. And an hour from now wasn't good enough. Yep. It gets, yeah. it gets, it gets crazy. So I have a friend who's got awesome skills. Um, you know, he did movie posters, not photography stuff, but design like, uh, you know, user experience type layouts for DVDs and stuff for a lot of movie studios. And he just has this awesome skill. Um, and then when I talked to him about, you know, just why don't you just start your own business and just make, you could make a killing. You start off with doing marketing videos, interviews of people, you know, like for a small company that's at the same level you are. And it will snowball into something that you could never imagine. And he's just like, nope, I appreciate it. He was like, but I, I just, I can't do the business out of it. I just don't know. I'm like, if this idiot can do it, you can do it. You know, it, it kind of takes being an idiot in some ways of not fully knowing the consequences and just being like, but I'm a big dumb animal. I'm just going to go do it yeah. and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. I'm an idiot too, but I trust that I can solve problems. Yeah. And if I knew everything that I'd go into now, I, you know, would I, with that knowledge, would I start it? I don't know. But I was just trusted that like, well, there'll be problems. I'll figure them out. Yeah. And I always tell myself if I was dumber, I'd be more successful <laughs> instead of trying to do 10 things poorly. Maybe I'd only do two things and maybe I could do them well. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm kind of all over the place. I like shooting something different every day. Like, that's just me. Like, yesterday I did a family portrait and a quarter million dollar Cadillac. Yeah. And that was my day yesterday. And that, that was good for me. Like, yeah, I was home at noon and it was fun. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think I could be just a wedding photographer or... I don't either. Just a family photographer or anything like that just because... Unless, I mean, if I did, if I was forced to do it, I would do it in a way where every, you know, shoot was different. Like, we're going to go, we're going to go to Paris for this. You know, I, you know, I would yeah. try to set it up and design it to be something completely different than what's out there. I, I always wonder for those people, you know, for the photographers who do just, let's say just wedding photographer, because we both know those people. How do you get better at it? How do you bring in a different skill set? If all you ever do is shoot weddings, how do you get better at shooting weddings? Right? If you don't, if you don't bring in some product photography knowledge to shoot rings, if you don't bring in some architecture photography to shoot setups, if you don't bring in some lighting skills, right? Like, 
how do you get what do you do to get better i don't i don't understand that loop i'm i don't know maybe it's just me i think if it, as long as you have that desire to make the 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 one you're shooting better than the last i think something will come of it you know like it's okay. the people that don't you know they're just like ah take the pictures yeah that'd be good you know that don't have that mm-hmm. desire to be like you know i made to really look at their last wedding and say, where did I fall short? And being honest with themselves is something I tell a lot of up and coming photographers where their taste is up here and their skills are down here, (laughs) where you say, you have to be honest with yourself. Don't listen to mom and dad about how awesome you are. You know, really (laughs) trust that this stuff doesn't match what I'm seeing and what I wanna be at all and you have to the first step I think is just being honest with yourself and saying this sucks this is garbage how do I make it not garbage and I think for you know people that do one thing I I would hope that the successful ones are always trying to improve and looking at their last one going where where did I fall short okay the ring shots weren't where I I would want them to be Um, let me practice and try to take my ring off and start shooting it the way I like it. And then I'll remember that and I'll use it on the next wedding. And as long as you're doing baby steps, you know, I think they could get better. Um, but I, I also think I also agree that, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and going doing things that you would never design for yourself. You'd never say, I want to go do some architecture stuff, you know, just do it just to do it, you know, do it to just, what is it like? Let me answer that question myself. Take a tripod out and do it and see what I like. And you never know just based off those little, you know, experiments that you might be naturally inclined to shoot architecture. You might be that might be an organic avenue or a path that you might take that you would have never explored other than forcing yourself to get out there and saying, let me try. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, this is what I was born to shoot architecture you know who knows you just never know well i think it's also good you know i teach at precision and we get i I would say we do get quite a bit of people that are like oh i'm a you know i'm a wedding photographer and i want to learn how to take you know portraits or i'm a portrait photographer and i want to learn how to shoot products or whatever so i I guess education is kind of the key there it's like that the desire to want to improve the desire to get better and try different things yeah no i could yeah that's certainly a path too i I should I should be plugging myself more for that I guess of hey you can take workshops at Precision Camera right that's a yeah. way to improve your skill set. <laughs> um, well, and you have tell you have a big talk coming up, don't you? Am I? I don't know if it's big, but it's for B and H. Um, that's that's pretty big. It's the biggest camera superstore in the world. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's basically like this: it's just talking about corporate event photography and kind of how to get started and. If you're even, if it's even an avenue for people to to want to do, because I think like corporate event photography is just one of those genres that I don't know. Like it's just you either stumble in it, you either talk to a person that needs a small event, and that event you're like, wait a second, these things are repeatable. <laughs> you know, unlike yeah. weddings where that'll be the only time you'll see this couple and serve those couples unless they have a baby weddings all you know or family shoots all that stuff but we give second we give second wedding discounts <laughs> yeah 25 percent off <laughs> yeah give it to them at if they smash the cake in each other's face you like <laughs> hand them the card we give discounts for second weddings <laughs> my wife shot uh, weddings for like eight years 
before we met and uh, as like a hobby. Uh, I mean, it was a nice little bonus and stuff, but um, she said the omen was when they smashed the cake in their face, in each other's face, she said nine times out of ten, they were divorced within two years. Wow. And so every time I shot weddings after that, I always look for it, and I was like, oh, there's some animosity built up in there. This ain't going to last long. <laughs> Something's going on. My record is two weeks. Did they ask yeah, for they a back. refund at all? I would imagine. No, they got back from the honeymoon. And we're like, nope. And we knew something was off. Uh, we did the first look, right? The bride's gorgeous, you know, beautiful gown. The guy was all dressed to the T. He turned around, he looked at it, and goes, now what? Like the first time you see your bride in a wedding dress and your first words out of your mouth are like, now what do we do? Uh, oh, that's going to be tough. I don't know, man. That's uh, whatever you think is going to happen tonight, man. It ain't happening. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. That's, we've seen some weird stuff. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. We've <laughs> corporate event photography. Um, we do a lot for Keller Williams here in town. And uh, we were doing one in Anaheim. And I was getting back to the hotel room. We were like, I don't know, just a Hyatt or whatever. And there was like 200 real estate agents dancing in the lobby of the Hyatt. I was like, okay, it's cool. Yeah. It's fun. Stuff you'll never see, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that, it's crazy how, I don't know, how fun events are. You're literally getting paid to go out and document everybody partying and having a good time. And rarely yeah. are there any, or at least rarely have I experienced any miserable people at these events because... At these companies, you know, you're there to celebrate, you know, the client, it's usually open bar for these employees and they're just there to let loose. And I don't know, like, it's just rare and it's just awesome. But again, I don't want to say how fun it is and how awesome it is and how lucrative it can be without saying how much work is involved to be successful at it. Um, It's I, I think my first year doing this, and I think this is for any kind of business owner, but I think the first year in business, I think I worked harder than I did for the previous 10 in video games combined. Easy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they always say like, oh, if you find, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's just like, that's a lie. That's a lie. It's like, you'll work <laughs> 10 times harder to protect that, you know, like, right. it's, right. yeah, that's a Could myth. you, could you ever go work for somebody else now? No. No way. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be a terrible employee. Yeah. I mean, why are you doing that? Why, why, why would you think that's a good idea? <laughs> you know, like, if you do it this way, it'd be much more efficient. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to hear that from the new guy. I'd get fired at day one. It's like, this guy knows, thinks yeah. he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, when I'm not out on an event or when I'm not out shooting, like, I'm at my computer, like, I have Netflix on one screen, I'm editing photos on the other. Like, that's... I couldn't do that in a normal office place. Yeah, in my pajamas. Like, yeah. Right. Drinking, drinking my tea, eating a little pastry. That's not going to fly. <laughs> yeah. Not going to fly. Yeah, I, it's, it's amazing, but um, it is definitely hard work, and it's a long game, definitely not a short one. And I think that's where most of the people get frustrated is they think that yeah. I went to this networking event. Why don't I have business from it? You know, like you're just right. that first one is just you planting the seed of saying, hey, everybody, I'm here. The next time they, people notice you, he's back. See how, let's go, let's go to 20, go to 20 networking events and then maybe have expectations. <laughs> yeah. If you're not getting something from there, 
maybe something's wrong with your personality. But some of it is learning how to act at a networking event. Yeah. Right? Don't come in hot, right? Don't come in like, hey, I'm Josh. I want to take your picture. Check You're this like, out. Whoa. You look at these photos. I'm the best. You should hire me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, get to know Mike. Buy me dinner first. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. But some of it's learning how to act at a networking event, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I've certainly taken lumps along the way. Um, but just learning how to be a decent person in a crowd. Also, with this pandemic, I don't know how to act in a crowd anymore. So we'll see how that <laughs> yeah, goes. Yeah, we're all going to screw it up when we get back. We're going to be punching people. I thought that's how you yeah. did it. Like, Dish. Hi, name Josh Me is. Oh, no, I did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. I think uh, hopefully when people do are able to go back to somewhat normal or the new normal, whatever that is, that they're going to, it's just going to be, I don't know, what came after, you know, the Spanish flu in 1918, the roaring roaring 20s. And so it's coming. It's inevitable, inevitable that it'll, you know, be back. It's just, it's just going to be a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I was telling my wife, I was like, I'm sleeping now because I know when it comes back, it's going to be a month of Insane. no sleep. Insane. Or, you know, a whole season of no sleep. And yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. That reservoir's filling up of all those latent, like, people want to get out to and get together and they're going to want photos. And yeah, it's going to be crazy time. Yeah, so. my wife um, was saying to her, some of her friends asking her, she went down and see him the other day. And, and they're like, how's he doing? And he's like, she's like, I'm just glad he's got a break. <laughs> yeah. You know, after it's been, say, three years of just a nonstop where, like, the first couple of years, you know, you see July being dead and then January and February being deadish. So you have those little dead spots. But then the last two or three years, it's just been, I'm like, okay, July's coming up. There's not going to be much. I can relax a little bit. But then all of a sudden, something comes up and it's just, it's all year. It was, it was yeah. nonstop madness. Let me ask you: Was this was 2020 shaping up to be your biggest year yet? Every year since 2014 was the biggest year, yeah. and every year at the end of the year, when I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm like, I sit there and say to myself, I don't know how I'm going to top this next year, and then yeah. it just rolls over. It's like this wave that keeps on getting bigger and bigger, and um, but yeah, I it was. 2020 was going to be <laughs> insane. I had on the books my first quarter, I made three times more than what I made the first year. It was just in the yeah. first quarter. And I had half the same amount postponed. <laughs> so that was just the yeah. first quarter. And now it was just like, if this. If this didn't happen, it's just I'd be in Puerto Vallarta right now, sitting on the beach. Actually, yeah, August we'd be in Puerto Vallarta. Our family trip would be in August. Yeah, yeah, it was shaping up to be that way for us too, where it was just gangbusters. It, yeah, I was about to go to California and shoot lifestyle photos for like a week. I was already lining up clients, and I, a friend of mine that I kind of grew up with, our parents know each other. She's an actress in Hollywood, and I'd done some shoots for her while she was in town. And she showed her friends, and they were like, "Man, come like." come fly out and like, we'll like, we'll do like two shoots a day and like, we'll just line people up. So I was in the middle of like finding Airbnbs to like go shoot in and stay in for like a week in LA. Yeah. And that got pulled. And I had a corporate client that was like 12 events in 12 cities in six weeks that got pulled. 
it's like ah man like we had some really fun stuff coming up and just yeah i hate i hated looking at the calendar after i saw okay okay this is really happening i was looking mm-hmm. at the calendar and on the day that i was supposed to be in seattle or san you know san diego or vegas i'd be like I'd be uh, I'd be at White Castle right now in Vegas uh, eating some White Castles, <laughs> you know, like just reliving what yeah. you would have been doing. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, hey, Bert, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Anything that you want to plug or? No, the talk anywhere? is on B and H event space. Their virtual event space. It's on August 11th at 2:30 um, Eastern time, and so it's just more of corporate event stuff. So if you're interested in the corporate event world. Um, be going over some fun stuff, but the biggest thing is if you're wanting to get into photography or corporate event stuff, um, it is a long game. It's not a short game. Yeah. It's build relationships, be nice to everybody you come in contact with. Um, I'll tell a quick story. I know we're over. Um, a lot of times when I'm at JW or some hotel or somewhere where I'm um, setting up a portrait booth, I'll get the staff, you know, random staff like waiters and stuff to jump in. And because they're good looking people, you know, they get in there, they've got uniforms on and they get in there and have fun with them. And then so the next time I go there, I'll, I'll do some prints of that person and I'll take it back. So it took me mm. one time. It took me a year to find the guy that I took a picture of. I finally found him. He was in the back of the house. I was loading in. I said, hey, man, I got something in my van for you. I was like, that sounds creepy, but I really do have something in my van for you. I'll bring it up next time I come up. So I brought it up. He was in the back of the house, you know, in the kitchen area uh, on, I think it was the fourth floor, JW. And I brought out a print. I took of it. It was a portrait. It was a nice portrait. He was getting into it, you know. He looked awesome. Uh, and he just went crazy. And then he was showing everybody, and they went crazy. And I was just like, ah, thanks for, you know, just doing something that didn't cost me but 13 cents to print that thing out and give it to him. And it just seemed like it made his day. And he could have been having a crappy day that day. And hopefully that was something that just lifted him up a little bit and just gave him some kind of motivation. Um, but stuff like that is just what makes it fun. Yeah, no, that's great. It's it's great hearing. One of the reasons I love doing the, this podcast in general is hearing confirmation of the things that I've been doing right and then getting new insights on what I should be doing or reminders of those other things I should be doing. But just the joy in showing somebody a side of themselves maybe they forgot about or or putting them literally in a new light in a way where, you know, they just, they feel about themselves differently after coming in contact with you. They'll never forget that. They'll always remember that. I got a text from a client earlier today and the first text from her after I sent her a link to the photos was, oh my God, I'm crying. And like, they're never going to forget that feeling of, of seeing themselves in that new way. And just, I don't know, to me, that's, it makes all those long nights and, you know, lots of editing, you know, work it worth it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Bert, I thank you so much for coming on. You are guest number 10 Sweet. Uh, in the Make, Make, Make podcast. You can find us at makemakemakepodcast.com. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Um, and thanks to all of our patrons who support us at patreon.com slash Azulox. Basically, if you Google Azulox, you're going to find us. Um, it'll give you my cell phone. It'll give you my home address. Please use those powers for good. Um, and once again, Bert, thank you so much. Thanks, and we will talk to all of y'all soon. Take care, man.